0: hey everyone welcome to the latin excellence podcast i'm gabby
1: and this is carlos
0: and we are los riveras our show features stories of top performers in the latinx community and helps you discover practical insights that you can apply to your own personal journey Cool, so let's get started. Hey everyone, we're so excited for you to join us on another episode of Latin Excellence. Today we're going to have a bonus episode. So we're super excited to hang out with Soledad today. Um, she's going to talk to us about all things dinero. So we wanna talk the neto, and she has a really great story about how she works with dinero and more tips for us, specifically around how to pay down debt and also how to save for your emergency fund. So Soledad, welcome. We're so glad to have you. Thank you so much for having me. Yay. So I would love to start, if you could give our listeners just a quick overview. So who are you, what do you work on, uh, and how you're going to help us today? I'm Rita Soledad
2: Fernandez Paulino. You can just call me Soledad. I'm the founder of Wealth Para Todos and it's an Instagram account where I really hope to create a community of gente willing to talk dinero so that we could all build wealth collectively. I started my financial journey when I was sick on bed rest. I was on disability And I started reading a personal finance book. And then that led to a YouTube video and a podcast. And slowly, more and more, I learned information for me to pay off debt, build an emergency fund, max out our retirement accounts. And when I wanted to share it with my comadres and my primos and all my friends, nobody wanted to talk dinero because it's that taboo. So I went online and talked with strangers.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Yes, I feel like it's definitely a topic that we don't really talk about in our community, but we need to learn more about. That's that's how we're going to get ahead. So talk to us about um, how you pay down debt. So specifically, this is something that, you know, Carlos and I are always thinking about, specifically on our student loan debt. Um, Sometimes it can just feel so overwhelming. So can you share some tips, uh, based on your experience, How best to pay down your debt?
2: So what was a complete game changer for me was having a monthly budget. And I specifically created something called a zero-based budget. And the idea behind a zero-based budget is that every single dollar that comes your way from a paycheck, from, from gift cards, from cash rewards on credit cards, any money that comes your way, you list that as income. And then you write out all your expenses. And if there is a surplus because you have more money than expenses, then you make a plan for each one of those dollars as well. And if there is not a surplus, then you focus on decreasing your expenses or increasing your income so that at the end you have this zero based budget. And doing that, was a game changer for me because I realized that our income and our expenses were just so close to each other. We didn't have a lot of wiggle room. And so we were always just an emergency or a broken, you know, dishwasher or broken, you know, uh, regular washer uh, away from, again, needing like to use a credit card or needing to um, borrow money. And when I saw those numbers, and it was just plain math, right? You, your income minus your expenses, I understood that we needed to decrease our expenses. and as we started to decrease our expenses, and I you know I started to cut off things that I enjoy but that I didn't need, because again, I started my journey while I was sick on disability, and I really realized like, what if I don't get to go back to work? right? What if we only can? can live on one income and that made me reflect on our numbers reflect on um, everything and make some behavior changes so when I started budgeting it it was a reality check and that's what creating the budget and tracking my spending made me realize that there are a lot of little things that add up that if I if I took them away or limited them could give us a thousand two hundred and that's that was the thing, getting that big amount of money and start sending that to debt.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I think for us, it's like coffee is a big one. We used to spend so much on coffee, just, you know, headed out to the local coffee shop and a cup here, a cup there. We realized that adds up and we can make our own coffee
2: at home. And so, right, there's little things and everyone, it's going to be different. And I also always encourage everyone, make sure joy is a line item in your budget. You, anything that feels like deprivation is not sustainable. So make sure that, you know, you account like whatever it is that matters to you, make sure it's on the, for, uh, for me, what I realized is I could decrease like getting my nails done and everything for my hair, but I still wanted to have birthday parties for my kids. So I continued to save for my puro party, Paulino birthday parties. And that was a non-negotiable for me, even while we were on our debt-free journey. And you start to realize like, okay, what are the things that you really value versus sometimes what we're just told we have to value? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I love that you can kind of prioritize where you want to start saving and where you want to start spending. So, So I think that makes sense. I think you start looking at, you know, what, what you're spending your money on maybe start to remove some of those, those items. And now that you have that extra cash, you have that money now that you can begin to apply to your debt. So maybe trying to take it a step further when it comes to debt, right? The more common ones are you have a, you know, for some families, they have a house, a mortgage, you have your student loan, um, and you have your car loan. Do you have any specific advice or um, I guess, uh, ways that we can tackle each one of those? Is there like a best practice? Do we start with uh, big loans, small loans? What's, what do you recommend would be the best way to start tackling some of that debt?
2: Well, some people also have credit card debt too, or personal loan debt, or also money in collections. That's also like a reality for a lot of our um too. And so I think what like there's two debt payoff methods, right? So like one is called the snowball method and the other one's the avalanche method. The snowball method says you take your, your smallest debt that you have. So maybe you have a Macy's credit card and it has a thousand dollars on it, but you also have a Best Buy credit card. You have the the auto loan, you have student loans and those are a lot more. So you just focus on paying off that Macy's $1,000 card first. And then like te da ganas so then you're like okay all right i did one let me now tackle the next one then the avalanche method says focus on the interest rate so list all your debts based on your interest rate the one with the highest interest rate focus on eliminating that first and usually your higher interest rates are going to be your credit cards um, that they could reach 16% 20% and then your lowest interest rates can be your mortgage a or your student loans. So it's really like what's going to keep you motivated on your path.
0: It's it's interesting to see how with the budget, you're able to really plan and prioritize, like you were saying, on how you want to live your life, right? And so the other thing that I'm interested about is, so if you're saving, or if you're um, budgeting, and you're monitoring your spending and you're contributing to paying down your debt, how do you then find any money to save and how do you build up your emergency fund?
2: So I always tell people like you want to do everything poco a poco and trust that con tiempo you're gonna have what you need and really it's it's about breaking things down into baby steps. The first thing you want to make sure you have is por lo menos a one-month emergency fund. And depending Uh, And and to calculate your emergency fund, this is where the budget comes into play because you want to know how much money do you actually spend in a month so that you can cover those expenses in the case of emergency and you save that amount. So if you spend $3,600, then a one month emergency fund is going to be $3,600 and you save that. Now, depending on your situation, if your jobs are really stable, maybe you're a teacher, right? Like we always need people um, teaching and you your profession doesn't have a lot of like influx then maybe you just stay with that one month emergency fund but
1: I like that you say that hey let's even even smaller let's say for two weeks let's say for a month and then start beginning to build that savings account can really help at least mentally kind of get you where you need to go so over time you don't really realize it but you can break it down into certain months which I never really thought about but yeah one month I can definitely save for a month That's true. so. I love that
2: for my husband and I, our journey started with, we, we did less than a month. We did half a month because we rent from my mom and I created this whole plan and I looked at the numbers and I saw how much money that I could save each month, 1,200 and created a plan that I would be able to be debt-free by 33 if we just continue to stick with this budget and because I had that plan and I had those numbers, I knew, okay, this is what we're going to do. As soon as we build the, uh, as soon as we eliminate our debt and we paid off our student loan debt, then we're going to use that same plan to refund the emergency fund. And then we built a six month emergency fund because before you start investing, definitely it's the best practice to have a six a 12 month emergency fund, really six months. Like it, again, it, it's personal finance is personal. It goes along like your own situation um, and only, you know, like the stability that you need for yourself. So we did it literally like, like that, poco a poco. First, just eliminating our debt, then building our emergency fund and then using that same plan to then start investing for retirement.
0: Okay. That's, that's a great step-by-step. Um, method, right, is tackle the debt, then save, then how to build and invest. What are some, some tools that you have found work really well to either manage a budget, just keep an eye on on your money? Like, what are some of your go-to tools or systems that, that you use?
2: I started off with just paper and pencil in terms of tracking my spending, because the act of writing something out made me very mindful of how likely I was able to walk into Target with like, oh, I'm going to buy toilet paper. And out we came out with pajamas and (laughs) everything else that the kids (laughs) wanted. So writing it out really makes you a lot more mindful in terms of how you're spending. And then I always encourage people like there are apps out there. You could use um, apps like mint and Truebill. There's, there's a lot of different budgeting apps. But I think taking at least one month of writing it out manually allows you to be more aware of how you're spending your money in the first place. And then I prefer to use an app that requires me to manually enter my expenses because, again, I like being that conscious. Um, and it becomes a habit that is like, you know, when my kids are bathing, I write down what we spend on our money. And I also celebrate the days where we did not spend any money
1: awesome yeah i think that sometimes you don't really realize when you go into a store like we just got a dog and you know we go in for just a collar and then we leave with five different toys (laughs) that we don't really need um so you can easily just get lost get distracted um, and distracted (laughs) buying things um so in terms of of saving like what are some best techniques um that we can start saving? Or how do we like start to set those goals? Where should we pull from? Where should we not pull from?
2: Again, I always think it like comes down to your budget and what you choose uh, and like being real with yourself in terms of like what you need. I don't cook. So it's my husband who cooks all the time. And now with the pandemic, that means three meals a day. And so it's unrealistic to think that my husband is gonna cook three meals a day for everyone in the family every single day of the month. So I budget for eating out. So when my husband's like, no quiero cocinar, I'm like, okay, let's go to Pueblo Loco. And and that's just part of our budget. And it's important to know like for yourself what's gonna make something realistic. And then again. Like if you're creating a budget and you're creating a plan, because that's really what it is. It's a plan for your money to reach your financial goals. And if you if you like your plan, then you use that plan to pay off debt. You use that plan to save money. Once you have, you're starting to save money, you want to put it into a high yield savings account so that you could enter, like get more interest. But I think the biggest thing is the mind shift. For you to get to a place where it's like, oh, this money is just for an emergency. This money isn't for, oh, you know, I really want my iPad now instead of saving little by little for it. And I think that's the biggest thing. Like, I know I grew up always hearing, el dinero se hizo para gastar. And because of that, to get to a point to have, you know, a six-month emergency fund for us, which was $30,000 in an account. And in my mind, think like, oh, the only money I have is in my checking account. That, that was a huge mind shift. And it was hard for me to say like, well, why, why can't I buy something right now? Si, lo, si tengo el dinero, but it's not in my checking account. And so that's part of the work to do too, that a lot of times, it, and you're going to see that when you track your spending, you're going to see what your triggers are. What are the things that cause you to want to spend?
1: I think one of the things that have been uh, pretty effective for us, I think what you're kind of hitting on is that, you know, creating that separate account to really start tracking those short term and long term goals. So we, um, funny story, we, we uh, went to the bank and we said, hey, you know, now we're married now, we've been married for two years, we want to open up some additional accounts so we can have, uh, we can track our money. Differently and we can just set it up. So I think we opened up. I don't remember how many accounts
0: like four four or accounts and
1: some checking some savings and The teller looked at us and he said you're crazy. I've never seen anyone Track their or or open up these many accounts, but lo and behold, you know, fortunately for us we were able to it helped us separate our money put it in a different account help us track it and then we got to see that money grow And then we said okay great now we can use this for something Mm -hmm. so i think that's that's
2: a total style that's a style of budgeting actually Mm -hmm. um some people call it the high five banking method and the idea is that you open five different accounts and you put money in for each one and again, you have to know yourself, right? So like I'm a zero-based budgeter because I'm also a natural spender. I need to be aware of my money because I was the type of person that I would charge in on my credit card. I was putting money automatically into my savings account, you know, like every month, $200. But then I wanted to pay my credit card in full. So I was pulling that money back from my savings account putting it back in my checking account. But if you're the type of person where like you're not a natural spender, that you are more of a natural saver, then yeah, just automatically putting your money into a savings account, knowing that that's there. And then only spending the money you have in your checking account is, is a great technique.
0: Yeah, yeah it, it really helped for me because I, I'm like you. I'm a natural spender. You know, if I have it and I see it, I want it. And Carlos is the opposite. So, you know, one example is a, a car that I wanted to buy. I was leasing a car and really liked it. It was a nice car. And it came time to figure out what I wanted to do. Did I want to lease a new one or, or not, right? What did I want to do? In LA, you know, we need cars to get around. We're also from LA. And so Carlos said, hey, what, what do you have in the budget for the car? And that's how much you can spend. And I fought him on it and fought him on it because I wanted the nice car, but ultimately that worked for us. I said, okay, this is the amount I have, what can I get for it? It's probably not gonna be the nicest one, but it works, right? And now I don't have to worry about the car payment. So I, right. I think you're right, yeah. yeah. And-,
2: and ultimately, I mean, getting to the point where you live below your means, Right. Provides so much financial freedom and financial security, really.
1: Yeah, it and I, I think you hit a pretty good point because I probably, you know, do it. I probably still do it to this day. Where sometimes you want to save into that savings account, and then you start, oh, you know what, this came up, and I'm going to pull now, and I'm going to transfer it to my checking. So, what what is your advice for people who do that? Because I'm sure there's so many of us.
2: True. Sure. Right, for sure. So, um, I have an emergency fund. And that's money that's, that I keep in one checking account, actually. Uh, I like to share with people that T-Mobile actually has a checking account right now where the first $3,000. They provide a 4% interest rate. And then wow. everything after is 1%. And right now, where like, interest rates are so low. Uh, you know, a high-yield savings account maybe gets you half a percent interest rate. So I moved my emergency fund, put it into that T-Mobile checking account. And then I still have an ally um, savings account. It's a high-yield savings account, and what I like about Ally is that it allows you to open up different buckets. So you guys mentioned opening up different checking accounts. With Ally, it's all one savings account, but you can see the different categories that you're saving for. So um, we call that sinking funds, right? So that you put money into each category. We pay our car insurance annually, so each month we send two hundred dollars into Ally, and by when a year comes. We have all the money that we need for our car insurance. So we have a bucket for car insurance. We have a bucket for traveling. We have our personal um, spending money So my husband, me, and then the two kids also have their own buckets. We also have a bucket for my brother cause he lives with us. We have a house fund bucket. And so just creating different categories and seeing where your money, um, where your money is. And it does take time. Like it's not gonna happen overnight. I always tell people like, I been budgeting now for, I think like it's like 22 months, but it took me nine months to really feel like, Oh, this is sustainable and I like it. And this is really working for my family. The first month, I I quit. I didn't even continue. So knowing that it's the same thing with savings, right? It's mind shifts that have to happen in terms of how you relate to your money. And, and saying like, even though I'm a grown adult, I still have to wait until I save the money for it. And if I really want it, I'll save for it in a sinking fund and just keep letting it add up.
0: If someone, if anyone listening now says, you know what? this year is the year I need to get my finances in order. Um, you know, they're, they're listening to us now. What are some, let's say three things they can do tomorrow to start investing in themselves?
2: One, I say, subscribe to my newsletter. Automatically you get a free money mindset workbook and working on your mindset is going to be a continuous journey. So subscribe to my newsletter. You'll also get emails on the 1st and the 15th to encourage you on your financial journey. And it's important to have that community of support. So one, work, set up a plan to work on your money mindset. Two, start tracking your spending. Or if you charge everything on a credit card already, reflect on your spending last month. What are things that you brought joy to you that are non-negotiables? What are things that you would want to slowly cut back on? Use that tracking of your spending to create a budget and become aware of your numbers. So start to notice, is my income above my expenses? Is my income exactly at my expenses or are my expenses higher than my income face those numbers and then slowly can make a plan to make sure that you start to have a surplus
1: so as we wrap up um where can we find you what's the best way to get a hold of you Um, where can our listeners uh uh reach you
2: I live on Instagram. <laughs> I definitely check in on Instagram every single day. So on Wealth Para Todos, on, it's Wealth Para Todos at every social. I'm not as active on, every, on TikTok or Pinterest or um, <laughs> what, uh, Clubhouse as much as I am on Instagram. Like no matter what, I brush my teeth and I check in on Instagram. And then uh, again, my newsletter. I also have a website, uh, wealthparatodos.com. And just know, like, if you need uh, an amiga, comadre, anyone to just talk dinero with you because you don't have that,
0: I'm your girl. <laughs> yes, yes, we've loved, awesome. loved talking dinero with you. This is only, I mean, this is such a great um, introduction. There's much more. So I would recommend visit Soledad on Instagram, subscribe to her newsletter because there's definitely much more advice. and. We're looking forward to having her back on for another episode soon. Thank yeah. you so much, Soledad.
1: Thank you.
0: Mil gracias.
1: If you've enjoyed listening to this episode, make sure to subscribe to our channel and leave us a review. You can also follow us on Instagram at Latin Excellence Podcast. Thanks again for listening. And hey, if you know someone we should be highlighting, feel free to drop us a note or a comment and let us know how we can share their story.